Hi, it's Corey here again with some more ideas around who are our actual prophets these days. Kind of an old school term and concept that has become a little bit trendy again, come up again, probably more so just in the new age and personal transformation industries. I've seen it there. But who actually is a prophet? What makes an actual prophet? Is it just someone who is good at precog, precognition? Recognition. <laughs> I don't know how to, you can probably pronounce it both ways. Tomato, tomato, right? Uh, no, that for me and my experience is not the only factor of a prophet. Also, would it just be somebody who's good at precog who then is able to post about it, create content around it, create a role like being some kind of a coach or healer around it? Is that what constitutes a prophet. Yeah, no, mm -mm. not in my experience. And the reason why I want to talk about this, there are several reasons that have sort of converged all together at the same time. And that lets me know that it's something that spirit is bringing up for a reason. So for like the last week or so, I have been sad. I've been being sad. I've been sad. As a healer, and this is probably relatable for a lot of people who are intuitive or sensitive or would call themselves empathic or empaths or doing some kind of healing work, this is something that, that's relatable. Very often, it's a pretty often thing, I will sense and know things about people and animals around their health or just around their overall well-being. It can be emotional, it can be physical, it can be spiritual. And in their relationships, I can sense things about a person's well-being as it relates to their environment and the information around this shows up in, in multiple ways for me. In the moment, there can just be a knowing. At times, it's through dreams. Actually, a lot of the time, it's through dreams. Combined with an in-person knowing also can be any number of other ways. Anyway, that's not important. So I do some animal care from time to time, which is really not work for me at all, even though I get paid for it. I would do it anyway, so it's good that I'm getting paid for it because I would just, I'm the person who shows up and is like, oh, you want me to spend five hours with your dog? Yeah, cool, let's do it. There was a kitty. He was still pretty much a kitten, less than a year old, who I took care of a few weeks ago. And I had the knowing when I was spending time with him. I had the knowing that there's a health issue here. Sometimes when stuff comes through, I'm like, I'm aware of it, but also 
like a lot of people, like most of us, I've had a lifetime of being gaslighted and gaslighting myself, being conditioned to gaslight myself and doubt myself around intuitive knowings, um, like deeply. And I would say in my experience, especially being in, in and around mental health clinics and just around the Western psychological clinical paradigm, that was, I mean, that was all it was, was pathologizing and doubting. Pathologize, you know, diagnose, try to fix it, and then doubt. So the unlearning, the deconditioning process that I have been in so intensely these last several years has been around letting go of all those layers of gaslighting and doubting so that I become more in tune and trusting of my intuition. So a lot of times now I'll sense a thing about someone and I won't push it away. I will trust it to be true, but there are, there are times when I don't want to know. And this is one of those cases where with this kitten, Why would I want to know this? So I had the awareness, but I brushed it away. But I was aware that I was brushing it away. And that's progress for a healer. That is a growth in awareness. And then a couple of nights before he passed, I had a dream. And the details weren't clear about it until the day that I got the, the information that he had been put to sleep. But then, you know, in that light, it, it became really clear. And that's common too with, with precog stuff or prophetic insights. They become more clear after the fact, which is kind of annoying. <laughs> but also, what would I do if I knew with total accuracy about a thing that's about to happen? Would I then make it about me? and my magical parlor tricks and powers? Or would I even be able to alert people without being called crazy? And this is kind of one of the points I'm making in this podcast recording. It's a really hard aspect of being a healer who is spiritually gifted. And it's true for, like I said, healers, intuitives, all throughout time. You both don't want to know this stuff because it's a painful and sad thing. A lot of it is around death and sickness, although often it's not. But a lot of times it is. And what are you going to do with that information? Sometimes you, sometimes absolutely you can do something. Sometimes, a lot of the times, you can't. Because, you know, are you making it about yourself? Are people going to believe you? Are you going to be called crazy? If you have a history, like I have a history people can easily seize on my history and weaponize it against me, whether they're aware of doing that or not. Or maybe it just might be, yeah, you know, you have this history of being a crazy person. Why would I want to listen to you? So that is historically true throughout millennia of people with any kind of precog prophetic abilities. 
And these days now, we have plenty of spiritual leaders, coaches, teachers who are out there kind of recycling stuff about prophecies. Um, you know, the Hopi prophecies, also any number of other like alien sourced prophecies. Um, and then, of course, there's this blending of evangelical Christian end times rapture prophecies. And it gets all kind of mixed up. You know, you extract this little tidbit from here and this little tidbit from there, or skim off the surface from that tradition and blend it all up into a narrative to apply to what's going on these days. But we, we've always had people for millennia who are usually spiritual or associated with a spiritual tradition throughout millennia who we have considered to be prophets. And these days, most of us would continue to believe that it's the spiritual people who, who are the ultimate resource on what's going on, not so much what's going on in our current context, but what's going to happen in the future. You know, we're always looking to the psychics and the coaches and this and that. From a spiritual perspective, yeah, that's true. They've, they've got some of that insight. But spirituality is not separate from life. And when we set it up as being separate from life, um, we're really limiting. We're limiting all the ways that wisdom can come into our awareness. And my point is some of our most powerful prophets in the past, but really my point is today, in today's context, aren't spiritual at all. They wouldn't necessarily term themselves spiritual. They wouldn't present themselves on any kind of platform or social media as spiritual. And, um, and when we're only looking to the people on YouTube or social media with millions of followers who are spiritual as being some kind of ultimate source on what's going to happen in the future, man, we're so limited. We're so limited and it's got to stop. So I will be deconstructing that. If we are, if we aren't looking to some modern day prophets who have been sharing incredibly true, relevant warnings for decades now. Yeah. If we're only looking at the spiritual people on social media and really limiting ourselves, we are not listening to really the most relevant, holistically applicable prophets that are available to us right now. These are individuals who have also been warning all of us for decades now about certain things. 
and they have not been believed. They've been called crazy. They're accused of making it about them, their own beliefs, their own agenda, their own propaganda. They're seeking money. They're seeking attention. And a lot of those people are scientists, specifically climate scientists. And man, I can relate because here I am, a healer who has some insights at times about things that are unfolding. Terrified to talk about any of it, share it, because I'm going to either be ignored, doubted, called crazy, accused of wanting to make it about myself, wanting to make money off of it, wanting to platform myself with it, starting a cult, you know, all those, all those, uh, accusations. And I really want to talk right now about what, what is a prophet? Because like I said at the beginning, it isn't necessarily somebody with precog abilities. It isn't somebody who's really good at marketing or sharing their precog abilities. But I don't want to regurgitate anyone else's definition. I just want to maybe describe what is a prophet from my own experience. It's someone within a community first and foremost. And I've and this is true historically. There really are no prophets unless there's a community that they are a part of. So that community aspect is key. And it's an individual within a community who knows and sees what's coming, but also what currently is the truth of what is right here and now. They're not living in the future. Because they understand the truth of what currently is, they can then see better what's coming based on what is. This can just be, you know, someone who's incredibly perceptive and intelligent and is good at analyzing patterns and can extrapolate data. It doesn't have to necessarily be a vision that came to someone in an ayahuasca trip. You know what I mean? Again, we limit ourselves, especially in the spiritual industry. So it's somebody who, based on what currently is, can therefore see better what's coming with also with clarity and truth. And then they can share that info with their community in an effort not to be special and powerful. Again, for me, in my experience, this is key to an authentic prophet, but rather to rally everyone to acknowledge that they know this is true within themselves as the individual sharing this information, but as a way to inspire other people to recognize it is true within themselves as well, within the community, so that they're not relying on the prophet as being any kind of ultimate source. Again, like, like people projecting their golden shadow onto some external authority figure. That episode I did about golden shadow work. So check that out if you want to know more. So then these individuals in their community who are prophets 
are showing up as an example. And they're inspiring everyone around them to show up to participate somehow in some kind of solution. Like, here's this thing that's coming. Come on, everyone. Let's get together. Let's unify around this common enemy, this common issue that affects all of us. Not just some of us, but all of us. They're there to rally a community to actually start cooperating and work together as grown-ups. So whether this this prophet, this individual is obviously relying on information shared by spirit, like through dreams, through a vision, through a peak experience, or they can be someone who can flat out deny that they don't have intuition. I'm a scientist. Again, <laughs> we're so limited. Actually, you know, it's not just the spiritual industry. We're all limited. Like, you know, if you have people who are super into science and, and they're like, oh, I don't have intuition. That's a bunch of woo-woo crap. Everyone has intuition. They have an intuitive sense. Denying doesn't make it not real, but okay, everyone's got their own beliefs and opinions. And I'm not here to like convince anyone otherwise or sell anything. But my point is, being a prophet does not depend on being spiritually gifted. I'm making air quotes around that. But it does depend on being a wise, grounded adult who serve a community or communities in some capacity. That, to me, is a real prophet. So, like I said, one group of real prophets that actually have treated (laughs) like historically people have treated prophets are those climate scientists and we ignore or berate or deny their clear seeing their clairvoyant ability because we don't want to agree with what they're saying it's painful it's scary whatever the reason whatever the reason we're not agreeing with what they're saying Basically, it comes down to, I don't care what the, the elaborate intellectual and or spiritual reason might be that we've decided we don't want to listen to climate scientists. Basically, it comes down to is we don't like what they're saying and we don't want to hear the harsh truth, the clear seeing, the clairvoyance that they're sharing. This is the prophet's burden to bear all throughout time. Like I said, this is historically the thing. They're crazy. They have their own agenda. They want money, fame, attention, blah, 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 on and on and on. And maybe that's true. Maybe that individual is showing up with some of those motivations. I don't know. Only they can know really, truly for sure. But here we are tending to think that spirit and science are separate, even if we're going around saying the words from our mouths. No, spirituality and science aren't that. I'm deep. I'm woke. Spirituality and science isn't that, isn't that separate. It's, it's all the same thing, right? We have been ingrained since birth that they're separate. That ingrained sense is still there. It's going to be there. So we got to look at it clearly in the light and talk about it. So while it's true that science and spirituality is not separate, 
we're still going around in that paradigm. Scientists are not talking about different things from what spiritualists are talking about. It has never been either or. So by shutting out one perspective and only gorging on or believing in another, like I said, it's ridiculous. It's limiting, especially when it comes to the dilemmas that we're facing right now. We are immature. We are immature in the spiritual communities and industries if we think we can bypass what science has said and continues to say about what's unfolding. But I've noticed recently, it kind of was like an aha light bulb moment, that among these supposed different groups of scientists are over here, but in my view, they are absolutely prophets and spirituality is separate and we've got our spiritual prophets over here. There is a very small group of people who can encompass, integrate, and embody both scientific knowledge and spiritual wisdom. That to me is the penultimate prophet that is needed in these times today, right now. Some of those people that I have seen who are embodying this are astronauts. Astronauts. They are scientists who are regularly having peak spiritual experiences of cosmic truth. And then they share that with the world. Once they've come down off that mountain, AKA orbiting in space. So just please hear me out. So again, what is a prophet according to spiritual histories? It's someone in a group of people who somehow is called to experience divine knowledge and then bring it back to that group of people to act as like a mediating messenger between normal people and divinity. So then you know, like for, for example, the, the Bible, a prophet goes out to some remote place, like the top of a mountain, sees God, whatever, gets a message, has what we could, we would consider these days to be a peak experience. They have a vision, um, otherworldly information comes to them and then they come back and they share the message. And what usually happens? People either won't listen, they'll be bored, they'll ignored, that person is crazy, they're out for their own agenda, blah, 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 ad nauseum. These days, peak experiences that reveal special information to an individual, that's more of a mainstream thing, especially via plant medicine or psychedelic plants and mushrooms. So sometimes someone will see God and be exposed to and experience a cosmic truth or awareness and that as we continue to learn more about how plant medicine works in the brain and the nervous system um, that's a peak experience they're having throughout their whole being their brain their nervous system their spirit I don't consider those things to be separate I don't even consider those things to be different necessarily 
And then in the short time after that experience, they are what they would maybe claim to be changed forever. But what can happen though is with an authentic peak experience where someone experiences truth with a capital T, it'll click within their whole being that the truth of nature, the truth of reality, the truth of the divine is so big and they are so small and they'll come back and be like, we got to remember our interconnection before it's too late. Then they'll maybe decide to go at that point into some kind of service. Maybe, oh, this means I need to be a plant medicine shaman too. Um, And they'll want to be in some position of leadership or teaching these truths when maybe that's not what's necessary. Maybe people going and having peak experiences don't need to then position themselves as anything or anyone. Maybe that's not what's necessary because often what will happen, and this is not always the case, and this is a very limited experience I'm speaking from, but it'll start a cycle of this person seeking more of these experiences, more and more and more. And there can be a lot of partying involved. There can be a lot of festivals and events involved. Those are not bad things. It's just there's they're not a balanced thing. And when someone can get really caught up in going from event to event, seeking, seeking, having more experiences, more experiences, more experience, nothing actually will change in their own individual life, but nothing's actually going to change in the lives of the people that they're impacting. They're already hanging out with people who agree with them. They're all on the same page. Are they actually going back from being in the wilderness, AKA Tulum or Burning Man, the wilderness, coming back to all of us regular schmucks and getting their hands dirty in in service? Maybe they are, but I don't think that's very common. But sometimes what'll happen is when someone goes from event to event and then they come back to their normal life, what's missing? Why, why aren't they what I would consider legitimate prophets after those experiences? They didn't then integrate the truth. They didn't become and be the truth that dawned in their being during those peak experiences. They didn't nurture and tend to that truth and that light as a state of permanent inner being. They didn't shore up the foundations of those peak experiences. And regardless of how they feel, regardless of how they feel, they're not taking action within their communities. So I was watching this whole new thing with space tourism. I was watching William Shatner, his jaunt into space. And I saw a lot of criticism about it, which was valid. Criticizing space tourism is, is probably a valid thing. I'm sure it is. Um, but when I've read an astronaut's account of their time in space, when they, especially when they first looked down at the earth, I am 
actually reading spiritual wisdom. I am actually reading the authentic results of a peak experience where they see and feel and know the, the cosmic truth of how fragile life is here on earth, how precious this planet is, and how connected we all are, and how divisions that we spend our entire lives identifying with actually don't exist. They don't exist in any way, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And so William Shatner went up there and he came back down and having a peak experience like he did, probably not very prepared for it. He was utterly flummoxed and shook. Dude was shooketh. And he had had that peak experience and then he was saying, I don't want to ever forget this. And that's, I think that's key. If someone is a spiritual seeker or any kind of seeker and going out and having these peak experiences and then seeing what the truth is of now and what the truth is to come, it's essential that they then tend to that awareness and it then becomes them. It becomes who they are. And without a discipline and a practice of nurturing and tending to that and growing down into it, rooting down deep into the truth, it's just, um, they will forget. He will forget. And um, that's just the way it is in the world. That's, that's modern life. We get back into these patterns and there's nothing shameful or wrong about that. That's the reality. That's the reality of, of where we're at. So as far as I'm concerned, I see space tourism as similar to a plant medicine festival or Burning Man. And all of this is a huge opportunity, huge opportunity for people with any kind of platform, or maybe they don't have any kind of platform. Maybe they're just hanging out on social media or talking to people in their neighborhood, whatever. It's a huge opportunity for people though, with any kind of reach like William Shatner to actually be, to become and be the prophet who comes down off the mountain. If he actually becomes and is in the world being the truth that he experienced, he won't forget it. And people will be impacted by him. You have a peak experience and then it's your responsibility to embody it in real life. To take action and then to show up in that embodiment. So as far as I'm concerned these days, a prophet these days isn't always going to be a trendy famous influencer or a plant medicine facilitator or a holistic healing coach. Although for sure they can be. They can be creating and sharing all kinds of prophetic wisdom. But for what's needed right now in these times, the ultimate prophets that we would really benefit looking to and listening to are people like astronauts. They have integrated their rational scientific knowledge, which is foundational, cannot be bypassed, with the awestruck wonder and mystery of life, spirit, nature, the divine. And in the face of our connectedness and fragility, they always have the same message, which is really the only message that, that we need at our foundations in these times where we're looking at the kind of upheaval that is already here and will continue to unfold, which is that 
we must help each other because that's all there is. The movie Independence Day, the original Independence Day that came out in the 90s, made some really good points, although, of course, they can be criticized, validly criticized. But they made that movie made a point about that common enemy. That common, common enemy that then the only solution, the only response is seeing our cosmic oneness and that we are stuck with each other. And so cooperation for the greatest good against a mutual threat is the only way forward. And that's the common peak spiritual experience. The individual almost always has a monumental aha moment of why are we fighting? Why can't we all just get along? We are all one family in this together. And I I think that's probably the hallmark of an authentic spiritual experience across the board, whether even anyone acknowledges that it was a spiritual experience because it doesn't have to be flashy. It doesn't have to be through plant medicine. It doesn't have to be through any spiritual practice at all. It is the parting of the curtains when you see and not just see and understand mentally, but your whole being is flooded with the truth that it is all so big, so much bigger and older than any of us, than anything. And it's all so connected. And we're all so foolish to resist this ultimate truth because it can all be washed away. It will all be washed away. We all will die. And so what are we doing wasting? Wasting our time, wasting our money, our energy, our beliefs, our devotion. And we really need to love one another. And we really need to love this planet and stop the immature BS. True prophets these days, whether they are astronauts, whether they are spiritual leaders, teachers, coaches, it doesn't matter what they're called, what their identity might be. They will embody this wisdom that we are all in this together. They won't just say it with their words as a way to present themselves or sell something. It's going to be at the root of their being. And while these factions of groups and individuals on our planet right now have very real reasons why they're fighting each other, um, but I want to be—I don't want to be vague here, I, uh, because a lot of times, in the vagueness of, of spiritual truth, um, there can be some problematic issues that arise around people interpreting it as meaning what they want it to mean. They hear what they want to hear. Um, Specifically, I would bring up the example of anti-racism and anti-oppression. It is absolutely valid for anti-racist groups and services and goals to exist. Just because we are all spiritually, physically, emotionally interconnected on this incredibly fragile planet that we are utterly trashing and basically have trashed. Just because there's this overarching spiritual truth does not then negate the need to differentiate specific issues that need to be addressed. That's not what I'm saying. And I don't want that to be what people hear. I am anti-racist and anti-oppression, very clearly. 
and, both and, we're all in this together. The sun rises and sets on the just and the unjust. There is no picking and choosing who gets to benefit and who gets to be destroyed in what's already here and what will continue to come. So these are some of my thoughts about who is an actual prophet. Some thoughts around what it's like to have precognitive abilities, which does not make someone a prophet. What actually does make someone a prophet in these days? And maybe the incredibly limited ways that we are ignoring and dismissing who might be actually giving us prophetic wisdom. So that's it for today. And thanks for listening. Bye.